Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CDL Podcast channel. Uh, in this episode of the podcast today, probably going to be a little bit of a shorter one, not as much news going on, um, not a lot of roster stuff going on, roster mania. So it's going to be a little shorter. We're going to just kind of cover some of the recent news with Envoy and all those people that kind of went on the flank and did a little bit of talking, uh, kind of broke some news on the Optic Gang. Um, and then we're going to do a little segment uh, of Kyle and I ranking our top 15 um, Call of Duty players of all time. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, we are now officially on Spotify and a couple other uh, listening platforms. You can listen to the podcast on Anchor, uh, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Spotify. Um, so a lot more audio platforms for you to listen uh, for you to listen on instead of just YouTube um, and kind of the video platform. You can now listen on all those audio platforms. Uh, so go check it out and drop a follow on there um, if you'd like. And just another way to listen to us. Uh, so all the podcasts will also be uploaded there now as well as YouTube. Uh, so just a couple more ways for you to access it. Uh, but before we get into the real content of the day, Kyle, how you doing? I'm doing well today. Um, kind of coming down off of the Rostermania high that we've been on, um, you know, after CDL podcast went on, went rogue and leaked all the rosters in the span of a half hour. Um, you know, it feels like it's kind of an inevitable certainty now. Um, and so now you know now we're kind of just in that phase of the off season where you know teams will start rolling out their official announcements um but you know it's stuff that we've already kind of known so uh you know it feels like a lot of the a lot of the uh, excitement and uncertainty is kind of uh waned a little bit but you know it's it's still it's still a uh, a very tumultuous time i guess i i guess there's a lot of things that could change uh especially with these rosters that haven't been confirmed um but oh, yeah. yeah the yeah I'm, I'm doing i'm doing pretty well uh otherwise all right i think we should just jump right into the news uh not a whole lot to talk about like i said first couple things we want to talk about are some things uh that happened on the flank i'm sure you've heard of it uh kind of a pretty big podcast in the call of duty world um first one uh i guess this one happened first in like the calendar timeline uh gunless one on the flank uh, kind of immediately following the LAG roster announcement um, after that was confirmed. And he had a lot to say. Uh, it was a good episode. Um, but he mainly talked about how in the past, uh, especially like the last couple years uh, when he was on the Huntsman and then the Surge, uh, his team just didn't seem to care as much. They didn't want to put in the time, didn't want to put in the effort. Uh, and for a player like him who's all about, I mean, we've heard of the legendary gunless stories of him going on 12-plus-hour benders of just playing pubs every day. Uh, and that's how he grinded the game. He's not a big 8s player. Besides scrims, he just loves to grind 10, 12 hours of pubs uh, to just shoot his gun and get used to the game. And I guess his teammates weren't about the grind, didn't want to watch VOD. Uh, he said the last couple of years, which is interesting to hear because like we didn't really hear too much bad coming out of the Seattle Surge camp um, in terms of... like team issues it was mostly just they kind of just sucked uh, and the organization wasn't willing to do anything to like help them improve the team or make moves so they just kind of were stuck there um i don't know do you have any thoughts on this yeah i mean uh i guess in the kind of a, a broader sense um you know it, it kind of makes me think how many people are really going to match gunless's like drive for the competition uh and you know especially his his devotion uh so you know i i hope he's not too let down with um you know his rumored roster or you know i guess it's, it's his confirmed roster now with uh yeah. with lag um 
you know, I, I wonder if he'll be let down again there, but I, I feel like him and Slasher will really, you know, kind of hammer some things out and And, uh, no. Like, this is the kind of the reality. The green wall and, you know, the op diehards think of the organization, but maybe, you know, in, in the era of, you know, a hyper-competitive league like we have now, it kind of starts to, like, really you know, shine some light on maybe why they haven't had the success that they think they should have. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I guess, I mean, like he said, uh, he wasn't like completely just bashing optic. Like you said, he also mentioned that in some ways he was a part of the problem, maybe not pushing people enough or not pushing to watch VOD and all that stuff. Uh, and it kind of does shine an interesting light. Like you mentioned on like the fact that they were always talking about, like they felt like they were like so close to being so good and they had all these mishaps go their way. Um, but from the sounds of it, it sounds like they weren't really putting in all that much time apart from just like kind of going through scrims. They weren't doing anything extra really. So it almost leads you to believe that that's the reason that they weren't able to actually get over that hump and kept losing so many close ways is because they weren't putting in that extra time and um, their talent can only get them so far. Like they were kind of a consistent top six to top four team um, in terms of finishes at the tournaments. And that kind of shows because the three teams that were always finishing ahead of them, whether it was New York, Dallas, Toronto, Phase, they all were teams that we um, believe put in a lot of extra effort. So that's probably the thing that pushed them to the top because, I mean, at this top level and especially among like the top six teams, the talent isn't all that much different. I mean, there are teams that are more talented, but the gap is pretty minuscule. It honestly probably comes down to a lot of that extra time. And like maybe that has to do with some of the players uh, getting a little older in their career and uh, getting paid pretty well. Cause like we heard formal talk about on the Optic podcast, like, during IW champs and during IW and like during the dynasty, he was so hungry to just kill everyone and win everything. And like, I mean, obviously that hunger kind of died out. I mean, he retired and said he just wasn't in it as much this year. And uh, maybe that's why we see so many young players kind of come into the league now uh, because some of those older players have been playing forever. They're getting their salaries now. And uh, maybe some of them, not all of them, uh, but maybe some of them have just started to lose that passion to just like want to destroy everyone and win everything. Uh, and I mean, I can see how that happens. It happens in anything in life. I mean, when you've been doing something for 10 plus years and putting all your time into it, you might get a little burnout. Yeah, I was really, uh, you know, when when uh, Octane was talking about like, you know, 500 or a thousand dollar eights chales going down back in like the mm -hmm. AW, IW, BO3 days and stuff like the heart of the jetpack era. And like he, he even said that formal was the one that like he was the most competitive one in those lobbies like. Like if, if you didn't come correct to play eights, you were getting kicked. You were you know you were never gonna play another series of eights with him ever again. <laughs> like, yeah, he was all about it. Yeah, so I mean, and you know, the the scene has kind of moved away from, uh, you know, wagers. I don't I don't even know if they're allowed anymore under the CDL not contracts. So yeah, I mean, unless you're doing some like private Venmo transactions or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh. And, you know, we've seen a decline in eights. We've seen a decline in, like, you know, 
there wasn't as much league play going on. I, I know there's some streamers that were doing league play, um, you know, pretty religiously, but uh, yeah, just it, it's kind of gone away. Like, you know, once these players, you know, get the league minimum or I mean, I, I we know a lot of these like high profile players are definitely not just getting the minimum. They're making a lot. They're oh, getting yeah. money off YouTube, off streaming as well. So, I yeah, I mean, think- Something that you mentioned about like the formal extra push thing, um, and how he's pushing players in IW, like you had players pushing each other back then. I mean, I'm sure it still happens, but it happened even more because like um I'm sure a lot of people have heard the story, but like in IW, I mean that was the first time we ever saw Scump really not at a high level up to because I mean, obviously all the games BO2 and before MW3, a lot of people said he's the best player. Ghost, he's amazing. AW, arguably best player, Black Ops 3, arguably best player. Um, and then in IW, he was struggling a little bit. And like, he basically said, f- like formal kind of came up to him and said, you got to start grinding. Like you're a way better player than this. Um, and basically formal, like wouldn't accept like mediocrity from scum. Cause he knew how good of a player he was. And he basically like scum boy says that like they didn't get along at the time, but like formal, like n- demanded the best out of his teammates. Cause you knew he was going to go off. So it's like just something kind of interesting. Uh, and a trend that we need to keep watching with the veteran players is if some of them just, just kind of lose that passion but yeah that's that's just a crazy turnaround to see and i mean it makes a lot of sense i guess the whole envoy kind of talking about just optic not putting in the time it it's interesting um for a player like dashy to not put in the time but that's a topic for another day with how many people seem to have complaints about his work ethic yeah i mean kind of coupling that in like you said with what envoy was talking about like having to chalk strims um you know, nobody was willing to call plays. It, it, it yeah, kind of seemed like it kind of seemed like he was saying that you know all of the play calls fell to him. Nobody was really getting like passionate with the S and D calls. Like, hey, I'm going to go chal this, or I'm going to go play this like play this corner. Like they keep flanking, so I'm just going to wait it for it. I don't know. It was just kind of interesting in that regard. Um, and you know, as as a SMG, you might get kind of burnt out trying to you know, play at a really high pace and, you know, at the same time having to call these plays. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. It's kind of interesting with the whole, like, you have another guy that was a ex-Huntsman, uh, you know, optic gaming protege, uh, and he's kind of coming back and saying that, you know, it's it wasn't all, like, you know, sunshine and roses over, over there. It was kind of, you know, it, it it wasn't really the greatest but you know he he said that you know he definitely learned a lot there learned how to be professionals from t2p and you know how to handle all the the criticism and the the fame that came along with uh being in such a high profile position yeah and talk about talk about tough situation dude he mentioned how like the day that he found out he was getting dropped he was looking at houses in the dallas area with his girlfriend um and uh, this can kind of transition us into our next little piece of news we want to talk about with the 100T roster being confirmed. Obviously, we talked about the roster in the last episode of the podcast. So we don't need to get into too much detail on what we believe they can do. Um, but the roster is confirmed. Octane, Kenny, Draza, and Envoy. Um, kind of going along with that whole Envoy looking for a house in Dallas, though, and why he can't anymore, uh, even though most teams are in that kind of Dallas-Fort Worth area, is uh, it sounds like from octane's video and him saying he had to move and all like some rumors going around it sounds like the thieves players are going to be moving to la uh to play from the facility and stuff for scrims and it sounded like they were all moving out to la if they could uh which is something 
pretty interesting to me. I mean, obviously, we're not expecting the CDL season uh, to be online this year. We're hoping that it's on land, but uh, kind of interesting because we know a lot of players uh, complained if they had to play from the West Coast, especially like Slasher. And, and Kenny was one of those guys. Um, if you remember Texas, Kenny had Modern Warfare Champs. Uh, they complained about having to play from LA a lot. So interesting that it sounds like uh, they're going to have to move. You got any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, the only way that Octane is going to put himself at a competitive disadvantage if it was, uh, you know, for scrims or whatever, is if he was like, you know, told in no uncertain terms that the league would be like all of the competition would be on LAN. And I'd, I don't think Nade Shot would have the guys move out to LA. No. If that's actually what's happening. If he knew that the league was still going to be, you know, online in some capacity, um, because you know, Octane just bought a house in Dallas, uh, yeah, and I mean, like, I, I only, only reason I know that is because of his like YouTube content and stuff. But uh, you know, you have Envoy, who was, I think he's probably still in an apartment right now, but he was looking for houses. Uh, Thankfully, found out early enough. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, before you sign a mortgage or something like yeah. that. Um, and then Ken is probably still in Dallas, we we would imagine. Um, and Draza, I don't know. If somebody has a GPS on Draza, you can let us know where he is. But, uh, I think he's from Alaska, right? Alaskan assassin. <laughs> I don't know where he lives now, though. Uh, I would imagine he was down with, you know, the... Yeah. Like the, the Frisco-Dallas contingent of players. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would hope that, you know, this is positive news that we might be headed to a uh a return to all land competitions but i guess that'll be announced in due course yeah i feel like people kind of skipped over the fact that they kind of like hinted that they were moving to la or kind of even mentioned it because yeah to me i would agree that would mean that they must have some information which i'm sure obviously they have a lot more information than we do but that must mean they have a little bit of information uh thinking that the full season might be on land uh if they're willing to go out to la uh, the last little tidbit of um, information about the 100T uh, LA Thieves roster that I want to talk about is they did mention, Envoy mentioned um, in a video I saw him post on YouTube that uh, the plan right now is to have Draza on a sub and Kenny on the flex, which was a little bit of a question mark because we didn't know maybe with a World War II title and Kenny starting out as a sub, maybe he'd go back to the full-time sub because we know Draza can also play sub and flex. They can both do it. Um, do it all but as of right now it sounds like they're gonna allow um kenny to still run the ar run the flex because he wants to run an ar i feel like this is the one issue this team could run into though because like envoy even mentioned he's like whatever sub duo i'm with i'm gonna be happy with it and we're gonna uh do our best and be an elite sub duo and then he said but we don't want zach and kenny being uh draws on kenny obviously um, flip-flopping roles like every month and switching, which is something I could see this team doing if they struggle a little bit. I could see those two switching and that could just get their pacing all off if those two are just flip-flopping roles. I could see it happening though, which is the one scary thing for this team in my opinion. Yeah, I mean like like we said, uh, I think it was also said by uh, by Ben Janison on the flank that you know, if if need be, they have three players that can you know, relatively move around and like if it, if by chance it's a three AR meta, <laughs> they have the ability to do that. If it's a three sub meta, they have the ability to do that. So it's not really a. Uh, I'm not really concerned about this, and I I feel like they'll all work together well enough to, uh, you know, do whatever's needed for the uh, the competitive structure of the league with uh, you know, what's necessary. But uh, 
yeah, I mean, kind of interesting to see Ken stay with the AR um, and then Draza and Envoy run subs. I'm not exactly sure if that would have been my call, but I, I guess, you know, I, I don't think anybody's being forced to do one thing or another. I mean, it must have been Ken saying that he he wants to stick with uh, the more versatile, you know, play style. So that's yeah. just my thoughts. Yeah, I always hear, ah, I can't remember who it is. It's either ben or enable or i can't remember no, i don't think it's enable it's some somebody that was on the flank or like in the scene and maybe if i say it it'll remind, i think actually it might be zinni it might be methods on the flank i always hear him talk about how like there are very few like s tier caliber subs um in the world and one of them is kenny when he's on his like on his top of his game on a sub like you got your simp your bz your Shotzi, um, maybe guys like your Hydra and Standy are kind of getting there. Scump when he's on point, like there are very few S tier SMGs, like maybe five or six. And Kenny is one of those guys that on an SMG can be S tier. So it's interesting that like, I don't know, it just seems like your subs are your highest impact players. Uh, and I think Draza is an incredible player. Um, but I feel like Kenny just on the sub, I feel like Draza is like an A tier could maybe hit like an S tier if he's really like on point, but I feel like Kenny is just an S tier sub and just a playmaker. So a little concerned that he's not maybe ever going to be on the sub again. Cause I loved watching him on it, but um, yeah, I think we can move on to our last little piece of news before getting to our top 15 uh, players of all time segment to round out the podcast. But uh, this last segment of news here is just rocker confirming the roster returning. They did it in a cool way with that whole skydiving thing. Um, one of the most unique roster announcement kind of things I've I've ever seen, especially for a roster returning. It wasn't even a brand new roster, but um, I don't have a whole lot to say on this one because we kind of mentioned the last one. They could be getting passed by, but we don't want to discredit it because the team really came into form and was a no doubt top four team to end out the last couple of months of Cold War. Um, and they get to keep standing attached, um, kind of a good franchise sub duo. And uh, I mean, I think they're going to come into this year swinging and they should be a team that's poised uh, to make another run and make playoffs, I would think. Yeah, I mean, I I just want to talk about that uh, announcement video. That was pretty, pretty mm-hmm. cool. And it kind of, you know, shows the whole culture of Rocker. I think we discussed this. Well, yeah, we discussed this back when, uh, you know, we were discussing their major five win and like, you know, what our thoughts were for them going forward. Um. But yeah, I mean, they, they have, you know, Ashley Midnight, who's obviously a, a Hex protege. Uh, she kind of understands the whole, you know, we ha- like, you know, building a building a culture around an organization. Uh, you know, Gary V, definitely like a very eccentric um, you know, owner and, you know, financial backer. Uh, the whole, you know, they're kind of tethered into the uh, the Minnesota Vikings franchise too it just i don't know they have their own podcast as well uh i don't know it's just a really good organization i think they really got their head on straight with the whole franchising thing with the whole you know we have to build a uh you know a fan base they had the they had the um they were you know for they were having watch parties at a local bar in uh in minnesota or in minneapolis sorry um but yeah just i i really i'm really a big fan of what that org is doing especially since they're not like a heavyweight puncher necessarily like an optic or like an envy or a phase um you know they're kind of you know saying like okay we're here you know, like hi here we are you know this is us um 
but they're they're doing it in a really unique way. So I'm 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 a big fan of that. Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree. I don't really have anything to add. I think you hit um, everything I wanted to say. Just a a first, a really truly first class organization in the CDL. Like um, one that if I was a player, obviously you've got your optic and your thieves. We're kind of like the flagship orgs that everyone wants to play for, but that's more because of their history uh, and their popularity in terms of just purely orgs that you'd want to play for. I mean, I think Minnesota has got to be right up there at the top. Like they've given me no reason ever to believe that they do anything um, to mistreat the players, uh, anything. They seem like they're really putting in an effort to put out content, which is important for the league and help grow it. Um, Just overall a first class organization. But if you're ready to get into our next segment, I think I am. Hey, I am more than ready. All right. So for this segment, we are going to be listing our top 15. There's just, with the recent phase win and how those guys might factor in, that's potentially three, four new players cracking the top 15, top 10. So I thought it was kind of a little more fun to do a 15 to kind of like see where we like rank those guys and slide them in here. Because now with them having two rings, uh, there's a chance all four of them could be in people's top 15. Uh, But we're basically doing this um, based on like total wins, rings, um, actual like skill in the game, intangibles like leadership um, and like how much they contribute to teamwork on a team and communication, all that stuff, like anything that goes into the game. Uh, one thing we didn't really want to factor in is like impact outside the game and impact on uh, the scene as a whole, because then you get into a whole different debate of uh, Scump having obviously the biggest impact in terms of content and growing the scene. And then you get a guy like Nadeshot propels towards the top because of his immense impact on the scene. So we didn't want to get into the whole talk of impact um, on stuff outside the game, but that's what we're going to be doing. Um, and maybe we'll give a little bit of reasoning uh, as to why we put each player, it seems like it's more important at the bottom of the list uh, because the top of the list for everybody is kind of pretty solidified. Uh, and also one other thing we factored in is longevity. Um, if people have been doing it for a lot longer. Um, but I have a little mini list of honorable mentions. I don't know if you have one, Kyle. Otherwise, I can just list mine off real quick. I'm sure we have similar names on the honorable mentions. So if you want to go ahead and list those, that's good with me. All right. I had... Um, you might have a couple of these in the top 15 because I feel like there's a couple you could have towards the bottom. But in my uh, honorable yeah. mentions, I have Merc, uh, Octane, Zuma, Gunless, Selium, and Enable. Um, kind of the reasoning is the same for pretty much all of them. Merc um, basically kind of was into retirement. He played AW and BO3 but didn't have much success in either. So he was kind of basically done after a go. So the whole longevity thing, obviously he's an OG, like been around since COD4, like has 12 tournament wins, which is still ranks what I have a list here. His tournament wins still rank eighth all time, which is pretty impressive. It's just he doesn't have uh, a ring. He did win the the first ever COD XP, which was kind of champs on MW3, but not officially a ring. Um, same thing with Zuma. He's kind of on there. Got a lot of wins. Insane skill. Missing the ring. Gunless as well. Enable as well. Um, Octane as well. Uh, then the one guy on there that actually has a ring is Selium. But for me, We've got to see a little more longevity out of him because he didn't win the first few events with um, Symphony BZ. He only has three championships on LAN, um, and I think one of them is the Atlanta Home Series, and then uh, one is the champs in um, this year's Cold War, and then one is uh, a major this year. So he's only won LANs uh, in the CDL, no CWL championships or anything, uh, and only has three LAN championships overall. Obviously, I think he's going to crack the top 15 all time i just want to see a little bit more longevity out of him i guess i mean i'm not saying 
Scale wise, he's not top 15 because I certainly think he is, but um, he's kind of the one guy with a ring outside the top 15 that I think will get there, but just need to see a little bit more. You agree with those? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, those were none of the people that I had in my top 15. So I'm glad that you mentioned those guys. Um, you know, definitely some issues of longevity with guys like Merck. Um, you know, def- I mean, but he. He's such an OG. I, I'd almost put him in my top fifteen for his casting. Yeah, um, but yeah, but that's kind of a uh, besides the point of uh, you know what we're going for here. And uh, you know, enable definitely a staple of the uh, the scene. He's kind of continued into uh, you know his content creation. We'll with, talk about longevity. <laughs> Hundred thieves. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, but I, I'm I'm yeah. I generally agree with you know those guys. I'm I'm sure there's a bunch of other people we could put in. You know, I guess everyone's an honorable mention at some <laughs> in some regard, but uh, I mean, yeah, especially yeah. guys like Zuma and Gunless and Octane. I mean, if Zuma ever comes back and then you got Gunless and Octane, if any of those three ever win a ring, they're instantly into the top 15, in my opinion, because Octane, Zuma, Gunless skill wise are top 15 and they just don't have the ring. So, um, and also none of them like what uh, we've got like Octane with like seven wins all time, Gunless with six. Um, so they don't have like a ton of wins all time either, which makes it, I mean, enable has nine, uh, Zuma has seven with one beat online. So like, yeah, they all have six, seven, eight wins. So like not a ton of wins on like They have like 20 wins and no rings or something. So I don't know. You agree with that? If those three players get a ring, they probably propel themselves in the top 15. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm ready to put octane as a top 10 if he gets a ring oh Uh, yeah zuma i don't know if he'll ever come back but definitely has the uh the pedigree to to be a top 15 um gunless right there with him uh you know just kind of lacking a world championship um but you know they've all put in you know they've all cut their teeth in this game been around for a while um so yeah, I mean, I I'll, I'll definitely be more than willing to uh, shuffle a few names around here if if one of them gets it done. Yeah, but we can crack right into our top fifteen. I think I'm interested to see now if we have all the same players in the top fifteen since none of my honorable mentions were in your um in your top fifteen. But who do you have at fifteen? I have attach. I do as at, well <laughs> at fifteen. So. Uh, I, I know you probably have more of his career stats, but you know, obviously he has the uh the denial esports ring uh mm-hmm. in in advanced warfare. Um I didn't I be- pay anyone. <laughs> I, I believe that was alongside uh replays now Crowder. Uh yep. was that also J Cap, I wanna yep. say. And help me out with the last one. Clay. Clay. That's Who right. was the MVP? And attached yeah, that's, that's one right. of the funniest moments in COD history. Uh attached was an eighteen year old kid still in high school, obviously didn't have as good of a head on his shoulders as he does now. And when they announced Clay as the MVP, he had like a shocked, like disgust look on his face because he thought he should have been the MVP of the tournament. So that was just a funny moment at champs. Um <laughs> one to go back and watch if you've never seen it for anybody listening. It's kind of just a funny moment because like it's kind of a memed picture. Like attaches like what when Clay won MVP? Like obviously something you're not normally gonna do. You're usually cheering on your teammates, but I actually also had, we didn't talk about this at all um, before. We just said we're going to each list our 15 and go, but I actually also had Attach uh, at 15. Um, like you said, I have some of his career stats. He has eight wins, one of them being online uh, in the home series with uh, NYSL and Modern Warfare, and then he has the one ring. 
Um, obviously known as one of the most clutch players of all time. Also a guy that's been around forever, kind of started competing, I believe, in ghosts. So he's been around a long time. Youngest player ever to win a ring. I think he still holds that title um, as a senior in high school in AW at 18 years old. And um, another guy, I don't know, you can you can give your thoughts on this, but I think has a lot of potential to climb the list if Minnesota Rocker are able to maybe get a couple event wins. If he's able to win another ring, I think he propels himself like way up this list. Like we're talking easily into the top 10. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Just, I mean, as you start factoring in the longevity, uh, it's hard to believe that he's still so young, but yeah. he's been around for so long. I mean, he, talk about having like great genes. I mean, I, I know we're getting like way off base, but I mean, <laughs> dude, he, he looks like he's like 18 still. Yeah, um, you, you would be able to fool me and say he's an am coming up right out of the scene right now. Yeah, but I mean, uh, somehow able to add another ring or, you know, some more land wins, uh, you know, he can only go up for me. I, I, I think, you know, just based on how long he's been around, um, kind of the, the reputation he has in the scene as well. I, I, I feel very confident keeping him at 15 or better. Yeah, I agree. We can move on to 14. One thing I'll say though, is I'm, I'm interested to see, how as this list goes along because we've talked about it before but if you're a newer listener kind of tuning in tuning in and hearing uh kyle and i talk for the first time um i've been like a huge competitive call of duty fan since like the black ops two days and kyle is a little bit of a newer fan he kind of really fully got invested into things he played call of duty for longer but got fully invested in like mw would you say kyle yeah yeah that's when i started following after so franchising be, yeah it'll be a little interesting to see like maybe some of the older players that haven't been playing as much, like if I have them a little higher, maybe you'll have them a little lower because um, you're more used to like the more current players. It'll be interesting to see as we go, but because uh, I think one of the guys I have listed coming up, you might not have in your top 15, um, but who do you have at 14 or you want me to go first this time? Uh, if you can go first, if you want. I have a player that I don't think you like very much at 14, but I have John there at 14. Okay. I, uh, at 14? I, I I have John a little bit higher, but we'll we'll get okay. there. Um, I have TP at fourteen. Okay. Um, um, I I mean TP has to be in the top fifteen. He is somewhere in my top fifteen. I'll, I'll tell you that. Um, all right. But I have John because um, all time. I mean, I have all the wins here uh, for each player, just so we can kind of put a reference in. John has eight wins all time, uh, which ranks uh, tied for fourteenth with Rambo and Nade Shot, two OG legends of the scene. Um, with eight championships, one ring, which is a big thing that keeps him up here. Um, and also, he has another uh, finals appearance. He went to back-to-back finals. He was in the IW finals. And the big thing is he was a champs MVP, which is kind of a big deal because there's obviously very few players that can say that with the limited number of champs um, that have ever happened. Uh, and in terms of like raw skill, communication maybe one of the worst on this list because he doesn't really talk in-game. Um, but raw skill, I mean, unbelievable, this guy. At the peak of BO3 um, and IW was one of the few players that could gun scump um, as he was just on a tear in those games. And in BO3, he outshined scump. Him and Apathy by far outshined uh, scump in uh, the Black Ops 3. Uh, kind of ended the season, last couple events. And John is just an all-out deserving player. I think maybe some newer fans have a sour taste in their mouth because they saw him this year and were like, well, this guy kind of sucks. But Man, it's kind of like a boomer talking about Michael Jordan or any of those older athletes. Like you needed to see this guy playing his prime. He was unbelievable. And uh longevity, he was playing since Black Ops two, I mean, and still kicking this year. So the longevity is definitely, definitely a factor here. Yeah, um 
I have John a bit higher up my list. Uh, TP, I mean, my justification for him being, you know, he's been around the scene for a while. He's still involved in the scene. I guess you could mm-hmm. you could argue. Um, yeah, definitely. He's become a massive streamer. He was a he used to be a coach for for Optic. Uh, he has the one uh, world championship win back with uh, Complexity and Ghosts. Um, mm-hmm. you know, part of that dynasty. Uh, maybe never really shown through as like a uh, you know a star player but you know he he was kind of credited credited with being that like you know route man support guy you know he does the dirty work um you know i i feel like it, it, i i like to give those guys credit because i definitely see where they're coming from and uh yeah so that's kind of why i have him uh up there uh, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll get uh, we'll get a little bit better of an explanation when you when you uh, cover TV going on. But uh, you know that, that was just my uh, impressions on. Yeah, and I'm not gonna say too much here. If you're ready to move on to 13, because my 13 is TP, so I can talk okay. about him a little bit now. Who do you have at 13? Yeah. Uh, 13. I have Jcap. Okay. I have him also on the list as well. Obviously, we're getting to the point where we're probably all gonna have the same players now. The uh, it's just a matter of what order because now you're kind of the bottom like five ish is where it's kind of like interesting to see who you work in. Um, but I have TP at thirteen. I'll talk about him a little bit here. Um, you talk about the one ring, obviously part of the Cold Dynasty. Uh, he has actually sixteen wins all time. I believe it, believe it is. I don't know if this list on uh, the COD esports like fandom page is completely accurate because it's saying here that Aix has 17 but i remember Aix was on the the chase for 20 and i believe cod champs world war ii was his 20th win so i don't know if this is fully accurate but on here it says tp has 16 wins i believe he actually has 17 i'm not really sure um but 17 wins uh ranks him as sixth all time which is pretty insane and one key thing that i think gets so underappreciated in the call of duty scene is glue guys and he was like the first ever like just glue guy because he was on a team with i i mean bo2 crim6 karma and either clay or i mean claire karma whoever he's playing with and then crim and aches i can't think of three more hot-headed players uh and tp was just the calm cool collected one that was the glue of the team did all the dirty work because all three of those players just wanted to be superstars and kill everything and tp didn't care he would just drop his 0.9 to 1.1 somewhere in there and just do all the dirty work and um he never got the recognition because people only look at the KD, especially back then. And so, Oh my God, Aix at a 1.4, like this guy's the best, but TP had his 0.95 and two minutes of hill time in every hard point, couple flag captures, uh, planted every bomb. He was just the man OBJ wise, like the original kind of OBJ player. Uh, so I think he deserves some props and I've got him at 13. Yeah. Um, for mine, J cap, uh, back to back, uh, 2015, 2016 and AW and BO3. Uh, ring winner uh he's continued on uh now to be the current uh coach of lat um i mean there's also you know people talk about him being like the best player back in black ops one take that for what it's worth it's my band j cap Um, yeah um so you know i don't know just uh i i felt like he definitely had to be up there uh you know i think anybody with two rings uh should be on the on the list but uh 100 percent yeah, I mean, I, I kind of just slotted him. It was kind of hard when you got down to the the bottom part of the list, like where you know I couldn't really stratify people. Maybe if I had like you know 
a few days to go through and like systematically grade out points for like mm-hmm. stats or something. I was just kind of going more on like what I felt in the moment. So I'll say a big note for Jacob's career because I obviously haven't met my top fifteen yet somewhere. Um is he made every finals um of Jetpack Champs. AW BO3, he won them, and then IW he took second. Uh that's a big note to make. I mean, people say Jetpacks had the highest skill ceiling and Jcap, who a lot of people like to just kind of slander his name and say he wasn't that skilled, but was just a smart in-game leader. I mean, he made the finals in the three CODs that we like to say have the highest skill gap. So that's something to note for him. Um, but you ready to move on to number 12? Yep. Okay. So for number 12, I have, I put a BZ at number 12. Okay. I went a little higher with him. I have Slasher at 12. All right. Um, my reasoning for Abizi, uh, you know, I've seen him win two rings. Uh, you know, I, I guess I, you know, went back and watched VOD on Black Ops 4, but then obviously saw him win a uh, Cold War ring. Um, you know, obviously super aggro SMG, puts up great numbers, a phenomenal search player, uh, first blood machine. Um, he kind of plays the duo, or I mean, he not kind of, he does play the duo to simp. Uh, who is like the, the higher higher skill slayer, I, I suppose, if you want to kind of um, put him in boxes like that. But, uh, you know, two rings speaks for itself, in my opinion. I, I a BZ had to be somewhere. Um, I kind of put put him down here just because I, I feel like some of the other players uh, deserve higher spots. And, you know, we haven't seen a BZ play for as long as some of these other guys have. Um, so, I mean, I, I kind of just slotted him in down here. Uh, not, not some, you know, maybe tomorrow I'd have him at number nine or something or, or eight. I don't know, yeah. but that's just where I, where I, uh, where I felt like putting him tonight. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about him a ton, but obviously he has to be in the top 15 because I do have him later. So I'll kind of give my thoughts on why I put him where I did, but I put slasher here at 12 uh, he has seven wins all time with a ring, obviously, and um, has that Black Ops 4 uh, second place finish, has the IW second place finish. So he's been to three finals um, and just overall a super, uh, super good in-game leader. I know people have some issues with the way his leadership works, but he's always the leader on his team. And he has led a lot of teams to a lot of finals and a lot of deep runs in tournaments. Uh, and when Slash is on a team, you know the team's going to play correct. Um, and in terms of skill ceilings on ARs, he's got um, one of the highest skill ceilings. He's got personally, in my opinion, one of the coolest event wins in COD history, uh, that AW Columbus event um, where he teamed with, who was it? Um, Parasite, Aches, uh, Slasher, and Doug. Um, what a team. They played the Optic Dynasty. Um, well, I guess opt- not Optic Dynasty technically because they had an A-Chat still, but they had to beat them in two best of fives with Aches having like 10 plus stitches in his right thumb, uh, like the Michael Jordan flu game, basically. Aches was out there, um, and they had to win two best of fives. They did it uh, with just a weird team, Doug, Parasite, Slasher, and Aches, um, and just one of the coolest event wins ever. Uh, that one always sticks on my head when I think of COD events. It's like one of the few events that... Um, if you've never seen it, you've got to go back and watch that finals. It's a crazy double best of five final, and Doug made the MVP play, which just makes it that much better. Um, but I've got Slasher 12, seven wins, um, one ring, one of the best leaders of all time. That's basically my explanation for that one. You want to move on to number 11? 
yeah, let's go on to uh, number 11. Who you got there? I have apathy there. All right. Uh, I have Arsides. Okay. He's coming up on my list, but um, so I'm surprised. I actually thought you were going to rank apathy uh, a little lower, but I'm happy that you didn't because I think I might have <laughs> ranked him too low personally um, because I think he gets so much hate on his name. And if you're a newer, I mean, people that technically started watching about when you did um, in franchising probably thinks apathy is just awful. Um, if they just kind of have just been watching the last two years and don't don't go back and look because, I mean, he truth be told, has been pretty bad the last couple of years, but he has seven wins all time. Same amount of slasher. He has two rings. And is one of only two players, along with JCAP, to make three straight finals. He made the finals in BO3, IW, uh, and World War II, obviously winning two of those. Um, and once again, one of those guys that if you ever want to see one of the highest skill ceilings we've ever seen, Black Ops 3 Apathy in Stage 2 playoffs and champs. Um, I used to say this to my friends like when I'd watch his YouTube videos. If you didn't like know he was a pro player, I literally would think he was hacking with how straight his shot was in Black Ops 3. One of the best shots I've ever seen. Um, Dude's skill ceiling at his peak was absolutely absurd, and it's sad to see that he got stuck in kind of a bad circle of players because I still think he has that skill ceiling, but he never, he never may get to show it again. But I've got him at eleven. Yeah, um, I'll just briefly rationalize my Arsides pick. Uh, kind of similar to Abizi, um, two rings. Uh, he's been around for a little bit longer than Abizi, um, but you know, really came into his own uh, on that uh, United squad. Uh, once he was surrounded by, you know, by Clayster and uh, he was kind of an enabled with, uh, you know, playing with not only, uh, you know, his brother, but also with talents like Simp and Abizi as well. Um, yeah. But, you know, he's proven himself over the last few years uh, into franchising. I feel like he was one of the, the true shining stars that was kind of unsung on that uh, that Huntsman Optic team uh in modern warfare um you know kind of sad to see him go from that team i I felt like he really could have uh provided a lot to that team going forward but you know needless to say he he went home to uh his sons uh with simp and abizi on the on the phase and uh you know had one of the most dominant seasons uh you know say what you want about the the partial online um you know that they showed up when it mattered and uh you know he wants to build that dynasty down uh with phase uh i really think that it's a great um you know i i feel like he can only go up on my list too he's another one of those players that's already like you know two rings speaks a lot for itself um so you know i'll I'll just leave it there yeah yeah definitely um so number 10, I've got a player that you've already listed here, so I'll just say right away, um, I've kind of given my rationale for it, uh, but I have J-Cap with his 10 wins, uh, two rings, the three straight appearances in every Jetpack game. Not too much to say here. One of the by far smartest players of all time um, and wins and two rings and all the appearances. Actually, he has four finals appearances too because he lost the Black Ops 2 um, Black Ops 2 champs finals to Haggy and Karma and those boys. Um, but he ranks in at number 10 for me, um, but not too much to say about him because we've talked about him. So who you got at 10? So this is a, uh, probably the most controversial pick that I have in uh, my top 10. Um, 
and you know you're, you're going to hear this name and you're going to say how can this guy be ahead of guys like uh Abizi Arsides attach the the likes of those uh in my list but I have Parasite what and and the reason being his longevity oh um, I got some problems with this one I that means <laughs> that means you have one of the players that I think is a no doubt player off the list. <laughs> so anyway, oh my um, God. I don't know. I just, I decided to add a little bit of spice in here. Uh, uh, I don't know. I was just, I was kind of feeling it. Um, he, obviously he's won one ring back in ghosts. He's continued, you know, I mean, obviously there's a lot of slander on his name. Um, you know, there's a, you know, obviously there the, there's a whole laundry list of reasons why he shouldn't be a top fifteen player. <laughs> but I'll um, give you him in a second. <laughs> all right, I'm ready. Um, but yeah, just I don't know. I feel like you know he he's stayed around for so long. Uh, you know, even though he's been in you know pa- uh, in challengers for a number of years now. Um, I'm not exactly sure if I would pick him tomorrow, but uh, I was kind of just you know. And and you know maybe this is where some of my uh, naivete in the in the competitive scene comes into play. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm ready to get uh, I'm ready to get slandered <laughs> and bashed. Um, so let's hear it. So I was thinking about putting him at 15 all time, but I don't see a way that he's ever better than Attach because Attach has eight wins. Uh, Hagee has nine wins with the one ring, but he hasn't won since Advanced Warfare. Um, and that game came out in 2014. Uh, it's about to be 20. He hasn't won in seven years um, in a pro event. And also, like I would say longevity definitely is a thing with him. He's basically been around since Black Ops 2, but he hasn't been consistently in the pro league since Black Ops 3. Uh, IW, he was like in and out. Um, World War II, he wasn't in. He was with Ghost Gaming outside of it. Um, Black Ops 4, he was in and out of the Pro League, kind of only got in because Midnight Esports wanted to buy big names, so they just like threw Haggy a spot and they didn't win at all. Um, and then obviously since then, we go to franchise after that, and he hasn't been in the league except for to join Ravens, and they didn't win a match. Uh, so his longevity is almost fake in a way. Like He hasn't really consistently been in the Pro League since AW or BO3, which those games were six and seven years ago. But like... Yeah, he has longevity, but I guess he's been in challengers for so much of that. So I don't know if I really consider it like pro league longevity. Um, and I mean, he has the ring, but it's from a long freaking time ago in Black Ops 2. And he hasn't really done anything at champs since besides AW. I think he finished third um, on phase red. I just don't think I can put him ahead of anybody I have on the bottom of my list. Like, like he's got the same amount of rings as guys like Attach. John and TP, and I think their peaks were all higher. He's got the same amount of rings as Slasher. I think his peak is higher. And then everybody else on my list has um, multiple rings except Scump and Formal, and there's just zero chance that he's ahead of those guys, obviously. But, I mean, I don't even know all time if I put him ahead of guys like Octane, um, Zuma, those guys, Selium. I don't, I don't know. I just feel like he's got some kind of fake longevity with him not being in the pro league consistently for six years. All right. Well, I'm I'm really uh, excited to hear who because <laughs> obviously we're gonna have one differing name now going forward. I um, I just am, if you have aches off your list, I I don't know what I'm gonna do because I don't think anybody else on you've listed everybody that I have kind of below mm-hmm. um, 
and obviously the whole optic dynasty has got to be up there otherwise you're insane um mm-hmm. so i i don't know who the heck you left off but i'm intrigued to see all um, right well let's uh let's continue on uh please leave your comments down below uh <laughs> verbally or uh you know verbally uh insulting my pick i would greatly look forward to uh hearing it's, all okay. of your rationale it's not as horrible pick because at least he's a world champion is like he's won what his nine event wins rank uh tied for 10th with big timer and uh enable so like at least he's up there and wins and like i can see a world where you put him around like 15 like i said but i don't know not for me but at nine i've got a player you've already said i have arsides there at nine he's got nine wins three of them are online uh but the two rings is the big thing um and longevity you might question for him but he's been consistently a good player he won his first event his first event he ever competed at was black ops three champs um won his first event in iw and has been consistently a top player since iw and that's that's a pretty long time that's what iw world war ii um black ops 4 into mw into cold war so about five six titles he's been one of the top players i think that's enough longevity and he's got two rings in that time so i, I definitely deserving to be up here um but I also think you could put him at where you had him at, like, what, 11 or 12? I think I think the face players are the most immovable players, the simp of BZRCDs, because there's so many ways, like, you can argue they're way at the top because of just pure raw skill, and you can argue because of longevity, they're a little lower. So they're the players I'm willing to be most flexible with, but I have RCDs at 9. At number 9, I I, I like that uh that rationale. I, I mean, it's kind of hard to, uh, unless you, like, look back at RCDs, it's like, I don't know. It's it's almost like his career really started taking off in uh in um in Black Ops Four with uh with the E United team. That's definitely where he like started, you know, winning at a high clip. I guess you could say. Um, yeah, they're just they're but, just, they're so hard to rank. You get, you can put them anywhere. Yeah. Um. Well, for my number nine, I have Simp. Um. Okay. Two rings, Black Ops Four, Cold War. Uh, part of the phase. Uh, emerging dynasty. I guess we could say. Um. Mm-hmm you know came in uh he didn't turn 18 until like half like midway through uh yeah. black ops 4 if uh, that kid could, could beat in bo3 oh my god he was yeah. absurd <laughs> they didn't they drop jcap to make a roster spot for him too yeah that was the Go whole one jcap and clay were like <laughs> blocked each other on twitter and didn't get along <laughs> yeah so you know shouts to jcap uh who's already been mentioned on this list uh but yeah, I mean, immediately came in. I, they won. They won stage two. Is that right? And then they won the. Um, uh, they won like no thieves or, won London. They won it like Anaheim or something like that. Because thieves won yeah, London. Yeah. They took second at London in his first event. They lost to thieves in the finals of his first event. Mm-hmm. And then they won the next event. And then. Yeah, then, yeah. Then they won stage two. You're right. Stage yeah, two, yeah. And, then and, and and then yeah, because they they won the last two events of the title. I recall. Yeah, um, he has only miracles from the Hagee team and Bo2 rivals his his start to his career. Right, and then uh, you know, obviously he's been touted as like one of the best players to ever play in only like not even three not even three full titles, um, which is really mm-hmm. saying something. Uh, you know we mentioned a lot during the year that, you know, he just doesn't make mistakes. He's a really, you know, his shot is super straight. Uh, I don't know. He's just such a prolific slayer with an SMG. Like, I don't know. It's just yeah. wild. Uh, I mean, talent wise, you can make an argument. He could be one potentially, but uh, right. Right. It's just, it's just a longevity factor. Like if he would just stop playing tomorrow, um, which I 
really hope it doesn't happen, but if he would just stop playing really early, maybe you wouldn't be able to put him right at the top. But like I said, I, I'm not going to ever really argue against RCD Simp or Abizi um, being uh, towards the top of your list, unless they're like number one, because they're just so fluid right now with where they can go on this list. Uh, just all matters on what you factor in. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really know if I need to keep rationalizing it. I know he's going to show up on your list at some point. So uh, yeah, we, we can continue on. All right, number eight is the guy that I swear if he doesn't draw off your list, if this was like first taken out with Stephen A, I'd walk off the set. Number eight, I have aches. All right, I have him a little bit higher. Okay, thank God. I thought you were about to leave him off the list and I was about to lose it. Um, He has, okay, Cod Gamepedia says he has 17 wins, but unless my brain is playing tricks on me, I swear that it was a big chase for him because like at Seattle, at the CWL Seattle event in World War II, he made it to the finals with, right after eg made their roster change to bring in um to drop nameless and enable and um bring in assault and silly i think it was to join him in apathy um i think they picked up assault and silly were the two free agents and then they made the finals and i I swear he was like going for number 20 and they lost that event um to rise uh and slasher and those boys and then i swear world war ii champs was his 20th win but Anyways, I think he has 20 wins and two rings. Um, one of those guys that, once again, if you started watching COD recently, you'd probably think he sucks uh, if you didn't uh, look into the history at all. But uh, in terms of Black Ops 2 and Ghost, he was arguably the best player in those games. He even won an event in uh, AW, had a good finishing at Champs there, kind of has a lull during the Jetpack era, but still was able to make those highlights, knocking out Optic from AW Champs and Black Ops 3 Champs. Um, and then obviously going into World War II wins that Champs ring, but... It's pretty crazy to think that he won like what one event in AW and like one in World War II, and he still has 20 wins. That's how dominant he was at Black Ops 2 and Ghosts. Um, one of the greatest of all time that just gets underappreciated, and one of the best of all time in terms of entertainers in the scene. I mean, this guy was like Optics Kryptonite, and he made Call of Duty fun back in like the glory days of Call of Duty when it was like the Green Wall versus Aches. It was one of the best storylines. Uh, I don't know if a storyline like that will ever be beat, but I've got him at eight, one of my favorite players of all time, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I have a guy, um, two rings, apathy. Okay. Uh, this is a respectful and, placement for him. I, I can't argue. Yeah. Um, BO3 World War Two. uh, Definitely has not had the success um, as of late, and nope. <laughs> you know it would it would really be a shame if uh, he wasn't able to find his way back into the league uh, for at least one more year. Uh, I really hope he does. Just I, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, you, you already discussed on all of his like you know statistics and event wins and stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, just uh, yeah, back in like the like the BO3, like watching some of his old VODs and stuff, just like, ah, oh, just unbelievable with the, uh, raw you know, talent. <laughs> yeah. With just like the, obviously like the movement was just on another level with like the, uh, the advanced, uh, you know, jetpack movement mechanics and stuff. But, uh, you know, just some of the plays that, you know, players like him were able to make and stuff was just kind of wild. Uh, and, uh, you know, just kind of calls back to, a, you know, in an older day in uh in the scene so maybe some nostalgia factor too uh but yeah that, that's where i have app okay um i'm ready to move on then and i'm kind of ready to just jumbo uh my seven and six together because it's the tiny tears um i have a bz at seven and then simp at six 
Uh, and you can spend a little more time on your seven and six if they're like newer players and stuff. But my seven and six are BZ and Simp. We've talked about them enough here. Um, like I said, if you want to put them all the way down at 11 and 12 or something, I don't have an issue with it. I'm not going to provide an argument for you because um, it all just comes into play how much you factor longevity. Um, and I am a person that factors longevity a lot. But the reason I put them up so high is because I think they have enough longevity to prove that this isn't like a flash in the pan fluke. But at the same time, their skill is undeniable. They might be the two most raw talented players we've ever seen. If they aren't the two most, they are right up there among like the top five um, most raw talented players we've seen. So like like I said, they're guys that as long as you have them in the top 15, I can't argue too much with placement unless you're having them crack like the top two or something. Um, but that's why I have at seven and six. Yep. Uh, my seven, uh, I have the, well, the, the last player that wasn't on a dynasty team. Uh, but with only one ring, and that that would be John. Uh, okay. I I factored in the champs MVP and just kind of like the like the uh, the campfire stories of like oh uh, you know Bo three John like you know unbelievable. You, you just say that <laughs> and you know people kind of uh, you know they they have flashbacks of uh, you know what you know watching him just you know dominate. I mean, like you said, mm-hmm. he, he he could gun scump uh, back in the day and. You know, just all of this stuff. I mean, and, you know, he's been playing since <laughs> like Black Ops. Like even back in like MW3, he was teaming with like Teep, Ake, Snade. Uh, played with Fizzerp for a while. I mean, so this guy. I mean, he's 25, but he's been around for like almost as long as I've been playing COD. <laughs> like, yeah, like, all the way back in like the like you know Xbox three Xbox 360 days and stuff. It's just kind of kind of wild to like look back and see like where he really started and then obviously this hit his peak in black ops 3 uh then you know unfortunately had to uh you know take take a year off for you know still unknown like medical personal reasons um you know got back in this year and you know was kind of just kind of scapegoated a little bit with uh being thrust into the the thieves team that really had made like a hundred, a hundred roster moves before that. So I don't really give him too much flack for that. Um, it doesn't yeah. really affect his name for me. Uh, but yeah, that's where I have John. Uh, and then you already hit your number six. So I'll say six. Uh, I have uh Patty P aches. Um, you know, I'm kind of pissed at myself. I'm actually going to just slide Pat. I'm moving simp down to seven and BC down to eight. And I'm sliding Pat at six with you. I'm just pissed that I put, the tiny tears ahead of them, just for my boomer, my Call of Duty boomer in me. I'm putting eggs at six with you. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, you you hit a lot on you know he kind of played the villain role. He was the optic killer, um, you know, kryptonite. He was kind of, I mean, it, but before uh, you know before Slasher was tweeting Thanos, you know, gifts. It was uh, it was Aches tweeting Thanos gifts. You know, if Thanos was around back then, but uh, yeah, he's he got that. He he was kind of inevitable with uh with, you know <laughs> de- defeating optic and you know, kind of playing that <laughs> villain role um obviously a two-time ring winner like you said ghosts world war ii um he's yeah. also got that weird dynamic with krim where krim calls him master uh which is just a whole other weird thing but he he taught everybody's goat um how to play the game pretty much which is something you got to factor in one of the uh, a thing i wanted to mention about him too talent scouting wise one of the best ever i mean this is a guy that kind of brought priesta into the scene he brought crim into the scene from halo um he brought a lot of players up and discovered a lot of players along the way i mean he's the guy that put together that world war team and brought in assault who ended up being an mvp at the time like 
he's kind of brought up a lot of players. I mean, Scump's first ever break big. He brought up uh, Scump and TP and a guy named Bobby that was Scump's friend. Uh, he brought in a lot of players um, into the league, like one of the best talent eyes um, we've ever seen and a guy that is so deserving of the sixth spot. And if you're one of the newer viewers uh, to the CDL and you don't know why we have Aches so high, please go back and watch Aches highlights. They're unbelievable. And also, if we're talking legacies, he's got like my favorite legacy of all time. His story is like my favorite um, in the Call of Duty scene. You ready to move on to number five, though, we're at? Yeah, so we're, we're into the the nitty gritty top five. I think we'll, uh, you know, we probably have similar slottings for this. Um, but for number for my number five, I have formal. I have formal as well. So the player you left out of your top fifteen that I didn't have is who we had. I had slasher. You didn't have slasher anywhere, did you? Right, I did not. For some reason I was thinking you weren't gonna have one of my top sevens out, like aches or something. But I guess I just realized now you had slasher. So but we had the same fifteen players except for I had slasher and you had parasite, right? <laughs> yep. Okay. God, that still All pisses right. me off. <laughs> All right. So, uh, ob- obviously formal. Uh, one ring. In, infinite warfare with the uh with the optic dynasty um, yep you know insane numbers in in that game i think uh <laughs> as crim likes to remind us he was the mvp in in that uh in the champs oh yeah crim uh, did, sure not, did us. not split his uh prize winnings for mvp but you know that that's uh <laughs> another maybe once we get the uh episode 100 of the uh the eavesdrop we'll we'll finally find out you know if they've uh kissed and made up about that but uh yeah but yeah i mean you know one of the staple ars in you know all of competitive cod one of the staple slayer ars i mean just unbelievable gun skill uh you know, a product of the halo scene um I don't know what else. What else we got here? Um, well, to add on to the formal thing, on top of the ring and the MVP, like you said, he has twenty three wins all time, which ranks fourth. I'm assuming you can guess the three players ahead of him: his three dynasty teammates. Um, and I mean, in terms of a player's peak, there are players you can argue at times. But I mean, I saw it on Twitter, so I pulled it up here. I went and scrolled quick to find it. Um. An Intel Optic page, Optic Intel page, uh, tweeted like the picture of the Lion Man card of formal uh, from IW Champs. Somehow he's a 98 overall on the card. I don't know how he's not a 99. Um, but Optic went 28 and 7 map count in that uh, event. And as an AR, he had a 1.49 in hardpoint, a 1.44 in SD, and a 1.38 in uplink. He was the number one AR KD in hardpoint, number two in search, which I don't know how 1.44 was number two. It has to be somebody that played like a series. Um, and the number one AR in uplink KD, and then he was the number one overall KD in hardpoint, seven in search, and two in uplink. Just an unbelievable event. Probably the best event we've ever seen at a single event from a player. Um, maybe Simp BO4 or something you could argue, but I mean, IW Formal, people always talk about it like best AR of all time, IW Formal. Like everybody says that. Um, his peak was absurd. Like you heard him talk about it on the Optic podcast if you watched that recent episode. Like, the dude was in killer mode and didn't care who was in his way. All he cared about was winning. It ruined his relationship with teammates. He cared so much. Um, but, I mean, he's got to be in your in your top five. I feel like he's the most flexible player in the top five in terms of where you can slot him because I kind of think him and my number four player are two players you can switch around. Um, but for me, it's the rings that really played a factor. So moving on, I've got Clay at four. Uh, and the three rings, he has, he has four less wins all time 
than formal with uh, 19, although three of them are online. So uh, kind of play that in whatever you want, but he's got three rings. Yeah. Um, my number four, uh, I have scump. Mm. Um, okay. I, the, the one ring is kind of holding him back from my top three. Okay. Uh, so obviously, you know, if, if we were just purely doing this on, you know, the top 15 players and then factoring in like what their out of game legacy is, obviously scump would be like by far and away. Number one, no one else would even be close. hundred percent. Um, I, you know, as we've seen scump grow older and, you know, out of the, uh, we get further removed from the IW ring. Uh, I've started to appreciate what he means to the scene a lot more. Um, and, you know, obviously he hasn't, you know, been hitting the peak that we saw him hit in, you know, IW and, you know, back in the day a lot as consistently, we saw a really big flash of that at champs this year. Uh, just his, his play in back jungle is still, you know, sticking out really like I, I can just like I can vividly see it in my mind right now, like him just like bobbing and weaving around that boulder. <laughs> and uh Yeah. You know, I don't know, just um you know, I, I'm I'm sh- and you know, obviously being being a sub in this uh this high, I mean just truly one of the elite S tier uh subs we've ever seen in the game. Uh but you know I could definitely see him, uh, you know, if if he was able to get one more ring, man. I you don't could know. argue. That, you could argue was, he's way up there. <laughs> I mean, I I would be willing to put him really close to one, if not one. But yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's just my thoughts. I will say too, there's a, there's the talk about like greatest sub of all time, kind of simp and abeasy approach, and then I know they have more rings than him now. But the big thing that still separates Scump as the goat sub for me is twenty nine to eight. Tournament wins. Uh, Scump has one online win. Uh, Simp and Beezy have three apiece. So that's 28 to five in land wins. And that's got to go for something. I mean, I know they have one more ring, but 23 more land tournament wins. Uh, that's got to count for something um, for the guy. And the fact that he's been up there as a top sub um, since MW3. I mean, we are talking a long time ago. Like, he's been up there for over 10 years as a top sub. I still don't have him yet, though. So I'm going to get into a little bit more about him later. Um, the thing I think that I really appreciate for Clay, and I mean, obviously the three to one in rings, uh, one being online, so take that with whatever you want. Um, the three to one rings over formal is what kind of um, has Clay edge out formal for me at the four spot. Uh, and the other thing is the fact that Clay uh, won an event in AW, and then he went a very long time. There's like the whole streak of a, over a thousand days, like over three years of him not winning uh, until BO4, and then he wins uh, the playoffs the champs and then goes into uh, MW and wins back-to-back champs. Uh, just kind of a story of resilience. And like, I mean, he's the oldest player in the league. He goes and as he's still the oldest player in the league, he ends up uh, not winning for like three straight years. Like a lot of players would have quit. And what has he done instead of quitting? He's just gone out and won two more rings since that drought, like just resiliency out of clay. Um, maybe the best IGL in my opinion, I think, I mean, obviously I don't have as much knowledge on that as players that have actually played with him and played with other players, but from the outside looking in, he seems to be the best IGL in my opinion, which says something. Um, uh, cause IGL, while it might not be a mechanical skill, it certainly is a skill. Um, so I have him at four, but at three, I think you're going to be a little surprised. I have karma at three. 
All right. Well, I have. Uh, we're kind of like flip flopping places on the list. I have uh, Clay at three. Um, obviously, my top three will will all have three rings. Uh, yeah. I felt that was only only fitting. Um, yeah. So you know all the reasons you said for Clay, we don't need to rehash it. Uh, AW Bo4 MW. Uh, like you said, I I really value his uh his in game contributions not only with gun skill but with uh kind of just you know he's 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 like the quarterback like if if there was yep. one like most important position in sports it's the quarterback but you know for for call of duty i i feel like nobody embodies that quite like clay does uh which is why i have him at three um i mean in one note about these top players i mean if you're upset that i have Karma at three instead of two, or you're upset that Kyle might have formal uh, at five, like I do, like a little lower. Like we are nitpicking between goats here. Like if you think that formal's up there at four and Clay's at five and Karma's one and Crim's two, like nobody's really gonna argue. I mean, we are nitpicking goats here. It's not like we're like definitively saying this player is better than the other. Like we're just kind of giving a very close opinion. Like this is this is really nitpicking. It's like when you argue the top players in any, like they're all goats in their own right. It's just a matter of kind of what you feel in your heart i guess yeah all right so let's uh you said your number three is karma yeah i have karma here he's got um like i said these are all according to cod esports fandom the cod gamepedia wiki page um so like i don't know if they're 100 percent accurate because i feel like a couple of them are are wrong but uh according to this um karma who's retired i still can't believe it there's rumors hey his wife holly was saying everybody try to convince him to come back so maybe he's thinking about it. i hope he is um because he can still compete but he's got 24 wins obviously the three rings uh the first player to get to three rings um uh also the only player with three land rings uh which is kind of a big deal um i think there's like at some point since he i mean i guess he technically oh he didn't compete at nw champs i think he almost has a 50 percent win rate at champs and the aw uh because he won bo2 and ghosts and then aw he was waiting for nade shot to leave so he was on a team that had no chance to win so it's kind of a fluke he didn't win that one um then obviously he doesn't win black ops 3 uh wins iw so at that point he was three for five on rings uh and then didn't play world war ii um and then bo4 finished top three so he was three for six mw didn't play yeah so i believe he's three for six on rings <laughs> so 50 percent in one of those he didn't even have a team that had any chance of winning uh so an insane record at champs for him um, one of the clutchest players, uh, the glue guy of the dynasty, the greatest dynasty we've probably ever seen, um, that or complexity, and he was on both. Uh, so you can't really make an argument regardless of who you think is the better dynasty. Uh, Karma was on both of them. And uh, just the glue guy when Scump, Formal, and Krim just wanted to fly around and kill, um, Karma was the guy that did all the dirty work. Like, If you have him at your number two, I'm not going to argue with you. If you want to throw him at number one, I'm not going to argue with you. I just have him at three, and I'll get into uh, why I have him there when we get into our next player. Uh, if you're good with moving on, yeah. So I'll I'll go ahead and tell you my number two because it's Karma. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't really need to uh, say too much else about about that. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, a lot of people were calling him the goat up until, uh, you know, obviously everyone's number one won his third. Uh, but you know, I, I guess that's a term that gets tossed around in the in the scene a lot. Like we're, we're calling censor uh, the goat. So I don't know. Uh, he is the goat. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, 
at number two, I mean, it should come as no surprise. I obviously have to put um, C6, Crim6, one. Uh, so number two, I have Scump. Um, this has always kind of been my hot take. I mean, I did a video like a ways back ranking my top 10 uh, on the channel and Simp and Abizi, I don't believe I had them in there, obviously, because they hadn't won their second ring at the time. And like things have moved around and some of my opinions have maybe changed. Uh, Clay obviously wins his third ring too. That moves him up the list. Um a couple years ago, but I have Scump at two um, with his 29 tournament wins, one being online. That is far and away uh, easy, easily second place in terms of wins. I mean, Karma has 24. Scump has uh, five more wins than Karma, which is pretty crazy to think about considering Karma got a huge jump on him uh, in BO2 and Ghost. Karma had a huge lead and Scump had almost like none. Uh, and that just shows how much Scump has actually been able to win a little bit without Karma before and after, considering he has five more wins than him, um, as well as winning all those ones with Nate Shot before Karma got on the team um, in AW. But, I mean, in terms of raw skill, you can make an argument that this guy Scump's peak was the highest we've ever seen. I'll, I will venture out to say, and I don't think this is that hot of a take, I think his raw skill ceiling was higher than Crim6's, who is our GOAT. Um, I think in terms of just pure raw slaying ability and skill, Scump's, Scump's peak was higher than Crim's. I think a lot of people will agree with that. Um, but Krim, I mean, Krim's got the wins. He's got seven more wins, uh, 10 more if you count online, which if we're counting Scump's one online, we've got to count Krim's uh, three onlines. That puts Krim at 39 wins to Scump's 29. Um, and then obviously the three to one rings is the big killer. Um, and I know the argument uh, obviously here is Scump has one ring compared to uh, Karma having three. I just think Scump's peak is higher. Uh, longevity wise uh he started playing about the same time as karma um karma obviously had kind of a faster rise to winning like i said but uh scump's now continuing to play at a high level while karma is retired although i know for a fact if karma came back today he could still win events uh, if he was on the right team um but who knows if that'll ever happen but yeah i just like i said you're just kind of grasping at straws here and just throwing random stuff on the board because you can't go wrong with ranking any of these top five players in really any order um, but I just think what factors in here is longevity is the same for the players. Um, he's got more overall tournament wins, but I just think that the ceiling of the player was higher. So I've got him too. Yeah. You got anything I mean, else on Scump? I don't. I mean, it almost makes me want to put him higher on my list, but I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I'll, st- I'll stick to my guns here. Um, you know, like I, like I said, with like all, most of my picks, may, maybe tomorrow I'll, I'll, I'll flip flop and we'll, uh, we'll roll the dice differently but uh oh yeah it can right, always so let's, change uh, let's uh let's round this out with uh everyone's goat uh c6 crim6 ian porter porterhouse yep. um obviously another three wing three ring winner uh ghosts iw modern warfare um i don't know what else uh what else can we say that hasn't been said i mean he's won like what almost 40 tournaments yeah, if you include online, he's one away from his 40th win. Yeah, uh, that's unbelievable. Absurd. He's he's uh, trying to catch Ogre, too, for most uh, console FPS, win, FPS wins of all time, which I believe he's got like 49 or something absurd. Yeah, I mean, uh, who knows? Once he once he reunites with Clay, he might you know get it in one one or two more seasons. Yeah, if he keeps playing a while, he, he, he could easily get there. I mean, he could win nine tournaments if he plays a few more years, three, four more years or something. Um, something like that. But yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how you can argue uh, 
for a little bit there, you could maybe throw Karma ahead of him before Krim had won his third ring because obviously Karma was the only three-ring player uh, and had a similar amount of event wins uh, to Krim. He was right up there with him. So like there, there was the argument there to be made for Karma over Krim, and people made it for a while. Um, but I think Krim really shut down the argument for now, at least. Like I said, if Skump wins a second ring um, or a third ring or something like that, I could see how you could put him up there. Um, I don't see a way that anybody besides Skump um, in the near future could pass Krim um, because Karma's obviously retired. If Karma were to come back and win another ring, he could pass him or something. Or uh, if Clay was to win another ring, but now it seems like if Clay wins another ring, it'll be with Krim. So that won't uh, help him pass him at all. But like Formal's retired. So at this point, I mean, the only guy that can really pass Krim is Skump. Would you agree with that? Uh, in the near future, I'm saying. I mean, guys like Simp and Abizi, uh, RC Selium, they could potentially pass him like in a long time, but near future, I mean, Krim's got this on lock unless Skump starts winning a couple more rings. Yeah, I, I would say that it's probably another two years off of somebody really going on a tear. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just just even I, I think this is a part of like especially the longevity sake starts to to play in. I mean. I, I I could even see a world where this phase dynasty now wins another ring in Vanguard and we're still not putting them in the top five. Um, yeah, which is just crazy, but it's it's just like it's so hard. I mean, to to put them up there because it's just like you want to see more, but like at the same time you're sitting there saying you want to see more, but the dudes have three rings. How much more do you need to see? You know? Right, right. And but at, at that point, it, it more or less just becomes like they've got to continue to win more, like events because i don't think the rings are necessarily going to push them over the top given like the current state of like they're only being 12 12 pro yeah, the teams rings, yeah they're a lot different or, maybe or, that's or, why it's in my head like that yeah i mean a ring is a ring um i'm not ta- I, I don't want to take anything away from anyone oh, no. No. um but you know coming through an open style bracket with 32 you know, teams <laughs> right and i mean eight. You know, playing on like the Bravo stage, you know, where you literally have fans like a foot behind you, just like, I don't know. It's just, it's just a different, yeah. different uh, environment. Um, and let's not get it twisted. Simple bees universities have all won both ways too. They won with the 32 oh, yeah. teams there. So like, yeah, yeah, it's not like we don't know if they could win. And let's, let's be honest. If there was 32 teams at champs this year, I still think phase was probably going to win. <laughs> oh, like yeah. you never know. Like flukes can happen and like a team could upset them in groups. They could get a tough bracket draw and they could lose or something. Kind of what happened to black ops three champs for optic. Um, and has happened to a bunch of different teams uh, in the course of champs. That's how it goes. But I mean, I mean, I, I think this phase team certainly could have won a 32 team bracket again this year. We're not saying they couldn't, but it's just, it's just weird how, how you compare rings now. Cause like, I can't think of another situation in a sport where the way that you win a ring has changed so drastically. Like, it's like uncharted territory in a way, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm mean, for sure. I mean, that's a whole other, a whole other discussion for another podcast. Just yeah. like the whole format of franchising and stuff. But yeah, I mean, t- to get back to the point, I just yeah, I to answer your question, nobody's gonna pass Krim for a little bit while longer. Um, no, the only person that's can within and, the next couple of years is Scump. Right. Yeah, and I mean. For the love of God, we'd all love to see him, you know, catch fire and start winning with this, with this like rumored new make the merger roster. <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, we we might hit you know a quarter of a million viewers if if Scump starts winning. Oh, yeah. I mean, like us. Uh, let's let's for I mean for the CDL sake, let's see like a Krim versus 
Scump, uh, Champs Final. Could you imagine that? That would also include Clay and guys like Dashi. I mean, the viewership on that would be a, a, insane. Uh, Krim going for ring number four. I mean, that, that'd be that'd be one I'd want to watch. That'd be a fiery matchup. <laughs> uh, I would probably want to be there. Oh, I, I mean, as long as everything's settled down in the world and it's a good location, a good time of year, I, I'm hoping to go to the next champ, the next champs. And I hope, uh, I mean, I wish there was the back to 32 teams, but um, I hope it's at least some good matches next year. And uh, I'm interested to see if, if Krim can ever get past. Uh, it's going to be a long time because even if guys like Simp and Abizi end up kind of competing for it, or even Arsides is up there as well, like, they're going to have to win a ring or two more. And I mean, at this point, like if you're including online wins, Simp and Abizi are 31 event wins behind Krim. Like that is absurd to think about 31 events. They might not have even attended that many events in their career. Like, well, no, it, I mean, it's we, just absurd. Yeah. It's just, the, just the reality of the, the state of the, uh, the competitive scene. Yeah. It's absurd to think about, but, uh, got to the top 15, podcast probably went longer than we wanted it to but i mean i think we had good discussion so i think it's worth it but you got anything to to add on before we kind of wrap it out here no i think we really uh we hit on a lot of things uh yeah i i guess maybe maybe some people will convince me to put slasher in for parasite in in my top 15 next time um, oh you gotta get slasher or, or merc or somebody in there instead of parasite <laughs> I mean, heck, throw Selim in there. I don't know. It's not disrespect to Parasite either. Like, he legit can be in your top 15. Um, I just wouldn't have him out of guys like Attach or, or TP or any of those guys. But, yeah, I mean, he definitely can be in your... He's a ring winner, so he's one of those rare company guys that um, can be considered from it. No, obviously, no disrespect to Parasite. I mean, the dude's been around forever and is a heck of a player, and I'm one of the people who's the biggest advocate to get him in the scene. I mean, Paris is going to throw and not have a roster anyway, so... Might as well let Parasite build a team, and the dude's gone through every adversity possible. Who knows? He might turn him into a playoff team. So, obviously, that whole segment, I was just, like, in shock because you had Parasite up there, and at that time, I thought you were eliminating Aches, so my brain didn't know what to do. I was about to walk off the set Stephen <laughs> A style. Um, but, yeah, Parasite is definitely um, a player that I probably honestly forgot to include in my honorable mentions. Like, you definitely can throw him up there. He's he's deserving of being towards the the, the 10 to 15 range for sure. But if you got nothing else to to add on, I'm ready to wrap this out and um kind of start preparing topics for next week. Yeah, let's uh let's wrap. All right. So uh obviously if you guys are watching this on YouTube, um be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe. Obviously, especially on this video. I want to see some comments about your top 15. If you don't want to give a top 15, maybe give us your top 10. Um, or list us a player. If there's somebody uh, that you think should 100% be in the top 15 that uh, we didn't include, tell us why. Maybe you'll convince us to change our list. Um, if you love Kyle's Hagee pick in the top 15, let him know. Show him some support. Uh, if you think he's crazy, tell him to take it out. Uh, we just want to hear what you guys have uh, ranking because obviously our lists are not definitive. We are not the end-all be-all on Call of Duty Knowledge. There's, there's a reason uh, podcasts and videos like this can get made because it's a never-ending debate. That's just a fun thing to talk about. Uh, and you're probably never going to get a person that's 100% right because it's all opinions for a reason. But comment down below your thoughts on that, um, your thoughts on the the news we talked about earlier in the episode. Uh, if you're on Spotify or Google Podcasts or any of the new audio platforms we're on, um, appreciate the support. If you could drop a follow on those platforms, that'd be awesome. We're trying to grow the audio form of this podcast as well so you can consume it uh, in as many ways and ease of access becomes easier. Um, but we're very excited that it's on those kind of a 
a step in the right direction for the podcast. Uh, we thank you for the support recently. It's been it's been great. The last podcast uh, is probably the best uh, performing one um, since me and Kyle started doing it together. So thank you for that. Um, but this has been another episode of the CDL podcast. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, and we'll see you in the next one next week with hopefully more confirmed rosters and stuff to talk about. If you've got any ideas, drop them below. Uh, and thanks for watching and listening. And we'll see you in the next one.